Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Good morning, everybody. Hang on, I'll just fire up the machine here. Ah, there we go. I just constantly shake my head in wonder. I'm such a blessed man. I often joke with people, if I was to write another book, I'd call it The Richest Man on Earth. I've been so blessed in my lifetime, and I can't believe I'm so blessed just to be here with you today, to, to be with people who have been my heroes in the faith for so long, sitting on the front row, but to be with you. You know, what on earth? This church has realised so much potential, but the potential that's yet to be realised. Here you are, the living stones you know, being built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophet with Jesus Christ as your cornerstone. I mean, that's a recipe for world domination. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It is. You don't have to be so excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, just wonderful. Um, look, this morning I want to share a, a brief word with you. But I know who it's for. It's for big fish. Uh, I get this picture in my mind of, of a reef. And on the reef, all the little fish uh, look for hiding places. But the, for the big fish, it's for hunting. And uh, uh, there are people in this place, you would not, uh, you're not looking for messages of love and kindness. You're looking for, even though that's good, of course. I hope you do get that. <laughs> Uh, but you're looking for messages that challenge you to the next place, to cause you to rise into the next place of stature and size and ability and, and you know, and, um, and this message is for you. And uh, have you ever wondered, like I have, that, that God has sometimes the strangest ways of loving us? I couldn't work out what to call this message, so I've got a number of titles. There's about four or five here on the page. So you can take your pick. Uh, Here's the first one, whatever it takes. The second one, the Jesus you always hoped he would be. Uh, The third one, producing champions. The fourth one, help, he's killing me. I like that one. That's my favourite. And then the last one, which is probably, you know, if you want to get really biblical, circumcision, the sign of the new covenant. All of you Bible scholars know that uh, in Abraham's life, the sign of of the old covenant was the circumcision of the flesh. And uh, it's only changed marginally uh, in terms of geography. (laughs) But in terms of impact, it's changed in the most amazing ways because what, what gets circumcised these days, of course, is not the foreskin. Uh, it's, the, it's the circumcision of the heart. In fact, if you listen very carefully right now, just you can hear the knives being sharpened up in the kitchen. LAUGHTER How does great Holy Spirit pray within us and through us for someone 
who is beyond our ability to help. You know, when people have, have listened to every encouragement and every rebuke and we've prayed our little hearts out and there's no change, it's like we're praying for a brick wall. Um, what do we do about that? Because, you know, you, something inside you, when you're interceding, something inside you won't let them go, but you see them as an impossibility to save. And so in our heart, we can't let them go. We have no answer for them. So what's the answer? Years ago, when I was pastoring, uh, my first wife and I pastoring a church in Port Macquarie, we planted a church uh, beyond it. And the people that we sent out to pastor or plant the church, they were like uh, my son and daughter in the Lord. Uh, I love them. They'd come back after church before they were sent out you know, every Sunday night, and they'd ask us, how, do you, did, how did you do that? What happened here? And they'd ply us with questions. And uh, they just soaked and drank in. You could see that their hearts were so hungry for the things of God. So they went out and planted a great church. And, and then when I had to move on to Newcastle, uh, I said, who would I want to succeed me in this church? And it was them. And so I asked them to come back, and they did. And they they um, took over the reins of this wonderful church in Port Macquarie. And a couple of years later, he decided to go to the gymnasium. He wanted to trim up a little. And um, there was a a female personal trainer there who we later found out her sole ambition was to get him into a pair of Speedos. Well, we all know what that means. And... um, and it wasn't that long after that that he was discovered with her having a full-blown affair on some headland uh, up and down the coast there somewhere. And they asked me to come back and clean up the mess. And um, so, you know, <laughs> you just get lucky some days, I guess. And so, and so I, I, I came back and we're trying to clean up the mess and we tried to deliver this guy. You know, it was impossible to get him set free with the prayer power that we had. In fact, sometimes when we were praying for him, he'd be seated. I remember he was seated on a lounge and it took three or four of us to hold him onto the lounge while demonic spirits called him out of that place to run into the night and go back to his mistress. Like it was so strong and so powerful and I had no idea what to do. And um, I read this verse, I think they're going to bring it up on the screen, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. It says, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And without any other answers, I went to the president of our movement because you should never attempt this. (laughs) What do they say? Never attempt this at home. (laughs) because I think if you get this wrong you could be guilty of witchcraft Uh, but anyway I went to the president who who else would you go to and I said what about I do that That I I don't have any other way that I know to pray for for this person and he didn't have a clue that that helped Um, (laughs) and his answer to me was well it can't hurt and (laughs) And being young and brave, a.k.a. silly, uh, being, being, uh, being young, I thought, well, if it can't hurt, I'll give it a shot. And so I gave it a shot 
and I handed him over to Satan. I figured if, if Jesus did it and Paul did it, then uh, I could have a crack at it too. So I handed him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. Um, it was last year. This was about the mid-1990s. And it was about last year somebody said, oh, have you heard about this particular person? And I said, look, here's my phone number. Give it to him um, and ask him to call me if he'd like to. And he did. And I was astounded at what came back to me. This man was accepting the consequences of his actions without reserve. Most people come through that saying, the church rejected me, you know, uh, all wounded, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, you know, uh, um, and they just, in bitterness, just walk away from everything, not realising that their consequences were the consequences attached to their own silly decisions. And, and so, you know, he, he talked about his life and, and he was just so thankful that I'd called and, you know, it was like he was a new creation. And uh, um, I, I said to him, congratulations, uh, you've made it through the minefield. Life's a minefield. Can be. And he made it through the minefield to the other side. And I said, I was in Sydney at the time, and I said, are you ever in Sydney? And he went, why? Because <laughs> he thought I was his version of a typical judgmental Christian. I said, because when I see you next, I'm going to give you a hug like you've never had in your whole life. Now, why would a man pray for somebody like that? Why would, why would Paul pray like this? Why would I pray like that? I'll tell you why. He was my son. Why would Paul pray for these people in 1 Corinthians 5? Because he wanted to see them delivered from their flesh so that they could be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Like one of those titles was Whatever It Takes. I've discovered that Jesus doesn't play games with our lives. He is dead set determined to get every person he can out of the clutches of Satan, out of the kingdom of God, into the darkness, into the kingdom of God, and clear through death into eternity on his side of the ledger. Go, Jesus, that's what I say. Anyway, this, this kind of got my attention and recently, and I was looking at a few other scriptures. wasn't the only time Paul did it. I thought if it was only once, then maybe I shouldn't be too enthusiastic about it. But have a look at 1 Timothy 1.20. Is the, here's a couple of guys, Hymenaeus, I think I've said that right, and Alexander. And uh, this is what he said. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme God. I mean, is that what Christians are like? Do we just throw people to the dogs because we don't like them anymore? They don't, you know, they're just too rebellious for us. That's not the intent behind this. The intent is in 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. And with this verse, if it's up there, the, my prediction with that is that Hymenaeus and Alexander learned 
not to blaspheme God, softened their hearts, repented, and were reunited with the beautiful church of Jesus Christ and probably grew strongly for the rest of their lives and entered heaven with a big smile on their face when they went home. Now, as I was studying this, I made the most terrible discovery. The discovery was that you didn't have to be naughty for this to happen to you. (laughs) And in Job chapter 1 and verse 12, Uh, It says, because God and Satan, the father and Satan, were having a little dialogue and making plans unbeknownst to a man called Job. And I don't know whether you know it, but, you know, in the prelude to this, the father said to Satan, "Um, have you considered Job? For there is no one on the earth like him. He was God's number one man. (laughs) Number one Christian the best of the bunch. And, 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 and the father says, I know what I'll do. There it is. Look, in Job chapter 1 and verse 12, then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. And you know, Job had an inkling through this experience, which most people regard to be about nine months duration. Job had an inkling that God was in the middle of it. You've never heard such complaining as in the book of Job. But the last thing Job said was God is wonderful, you know, whatever he said. But, and if that's not a message for somebody here, you know, he doesn't mind you complaining. He just wants the last thing you say to be a thing of worship and praise. Just get through it and come back and recover well which is what Job was doing. Have a look at Job 23, verses 8 to 10. One of my favourite verses in the Bible. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Have you ever felt like that? And backward. (laughs) You know, forward didn't work. I'll try backwards. (laughs) But I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I don't behold him. I'll try left. Uh, Now I'll try right, but I do not see him. But, he said, He knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth or come out as gold. Why would God do that? Why would this person we talk about with, with, you know, we tell everybody how good he is. (laughs) Sorry, that was meant to kind of, that was for shock value. God is good, and everybody says, amen, Amen, all the time. (laughs) God is good. No, he's not. (laughs) look he really is good he's got a motive underneath all of that in his loving kindness and goodness this is what he these are some of the things that he does and the reason why he did that was he was his son and he was a good father and some of you might be saying well that's good for the old testament Well, I found something in the New Testament. We've already had two verses, but I found an incident in the New Testament when this happened as well. Have a look at Luke 22, 31. It says, Simon, Simon, this is just after um, Jesus has said to Peter, uh, you're going to deny me three, uh, was it twice or three times before the cock crows? And this is when Peter has said... um, Uh, you know, I'll die with you. And after a while, have a thought for Peter. It just got too much for him. 
you know, the upper room, the washing of the feet, the, the Judas runs into the night, he's going to betray him. They're up in the garden, the soldiers come, they fall asleep, feel all embarrassed when they wake up, you know, knowing that or seeing that Jesus has still got great drops of sweat and blood running down his face. The soldiers arrive, Peter decides this is my moment, pulls out his sword, bam, you know, he attacks the whole Roman cohort, but the poor bloke who was standing nearest was some servant and he lopped off his ear. I think that's hilarious. The guy's ducking, you see. <laughs> Sees the sword coming and ducks and all he gets is his ear. And then Jesus puts the ear back on. It's too much for Peter. You, you know, I can hear him saying, you can't win. You can never please him. He's never satisfied. No wonder the poor guy denied him three times after this. And so when, just before they go to the garden, this is what Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift. Now that word sift means torture or punish. Satan's very good at this. That's his forte. Jesus is very good at saving and rescuing. The devil is very good at torturing and punishing. He said, he's demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. In other words, uh, we agreed with Satan. He wanted to sift you. We've said yes. And afterwards, (laughs) are you getting this? Like heaven said yes. Most of the time we preach, oh no, God will jump straight in front of Satan and he'll prevent those things from coming to you and you'll lift up the shield of faith and those fiery darts will be quenched. But on occasions, God the Father says, no, I need to really help this man rise to his best potential. And the only way that I can do it is by taking out the knife and circumcising the flesh of his inner man and bringing him to his potential. Sometimes you get better by what you lose, not by what you gain. Just a thought. Why would Jesus do that for Peter? He was his son. And wasn't that the original purpose of Jesus and the baptism in the Spirit? Just rewind the Bible a little bit and go back to what John the Baptist said when he talked about Jesus coming. Look at the purpose in Matthew 3, 11 to 12. It says, He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gather the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. And if you thought that was just separating the godly from the ungodly, think again. It'll be separating flesh from spirit and you and me. Anybody ready to run to the front and give their life to Jesus all over again? This message is for big fish. You're out there now hunting big business. You you really enjoy playing hardball in the community, you you know, in in the arena of business. And you wouldn't belong to a church or a community of Christian believers 
who, who chose the soft option. You, you out there, every day of the week, you're looking to give your life away in pursuit of something great. And now God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit open up the word of God to you today and says, guess what I'm going to do for you? And you're saying, that's a cost that I think I can pay. That's a challenge I believe I can pick up. That's something that appeals to me because, it, because it's a gospel for men, men, and it's a gospel for women in every sense of the word. Yeah. So when the Lord, you know, can I just say, and I don't want to frighten you unless any more than I have. This is for Everybody. Anybody who says, Lord Jesus, take my life, I surrender it all, I give it to you, do whatever you want with me. (laughs) He heard that. (laughs) It sounded nice when it came out of your mouth, but when it comes back with a knife, (laughs) how are you going, deeper, stronger? Maybe we should add sharper. Deeper, stronger, sharper. (laughs) To the name of the conference. I believe in this. I've, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-70s now and uh, I've got a great future. But with eternity looming within the next 20 years or so, I've pushed back the finishing line, Jeff. <laughs> with, with eternity looming, I don't want to straggle in. <laughs> I want to run through that finishing line with victory written all over me. And I don't mind the scars of that knife on my inner man if it meant I would become more like Jesus. I wanted to run and and not grow weary and, and, and walk and not faint and rise up with the wings of the eagle. And I didn't want to fizzle out in my latter years. Are you like that? Well, anybody over 70 might say, I'm like that. Here are a couple of thoughts. God will use everything at his disposal to make us like Jesus in our lifetime. That's the kind of church that will dominate the world. He's more concerned with our destiny than our happiness. He knows the right amounts of suffering and blessing to bring into our lives to bring the best out in us. When we surrender our lives to him, he acts as if he has permission to do anything with us. He's getting us ready for a long eternity rather than a long life. How long? Some of you might be saying, how long does this, does this, um, you know, this handing over to Satan stuff, how long does it go for? Well, for Peter, it was two to three weeks. Remember, he went fishing. He'd spat out the bit, shook off the bridle, said, I'm going fishing. Jesus found him on the shores of Galilee And within two to three weeks, he'd reinstated him and he was now a great leader. What turned him from a denier and a confused, you know, follower of Jesus to a mighty leader? What was it? It was the power of that, that circumcision, that handing over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. I believe that's what, that's my own personal belief. How long did it take for Job? Oh, about nine months. How long did it take for the man in 1 Corinthians? Well, the distance between the first letter and the second letter. Because in the second letter, he's saying, that guy's repented. Quick, get him up, gather him up, bring him back in. 
hug him and hold him. Let him know that you've forgiven him. Hallelujah. Why would God do this with us, you and I? We're his sons and his daughters. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come. Come on, come with me. Come with this man who has a great need for God and declare your great need for him as well. In fact, I wonder if you'd mind just standing where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And while you're standing, I know a multitude of thoughts would have gone through your mind as I shared that brief message. But I wonder if you'd turn to him right now and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? All I've done is create an environment for you to hear from him. What is it that he is saying to you? And what about you bringing your life in the deepest measure of surrender that you can? And humble yourself before him. Remember, he exalts the humble. Take off all your trappings. Take off your name, your fame, your prestige. Take off your degrees, your doctorates. Take off your achievements and come before him as it were naked, with nothing to offer him except your life and saying nothing to him except, Jesus, you are, you are my total life. You're my total salvation. I'm nothing without you. What a moment to surrender to him right now. And Lord, we come. We ask you to so sovereignly move in every life in this place that none would escape your voice, your touch, your overshadowing presence, that every person in this place would find a voice coming from deep within and a connection where you overshadow them and draw every one of us to yourself. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want those big fish, if you would, please, just raise your hand. I'm not even going to look, but I want you to acknowledge who you are before God. And you know what? I, I do sense there's one or two of you that have wandered into this place today and um, you, you've, ne you've yet to, to surrender your life to Christ. And he's so much more than I could ever preach in a little message like this. But he certainly has that strength and he knows how to tame you and put a bridle on you and stick a bit in your mouth and he knows how to lead you from this day onwards. And if, if that's you today, quickly surrender in your heart to him and in your heart or out loud say after me, Lord Jesus, yeah, we could all do this together, Lord Jesus, I respond to you today and I bow my knee to your presence and I call you my King my Lord my Saviour I receive you today in Jesus name Amen Amen 
just look this way for a second. If that was you today and you just prayed that prayer for the first time and it was a genuine surrender in your heart, give me a wave. Yeah, I know, it's the next step. <laughs> and there'll be a thousand, thousand, ten thousand next steps after this. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry. He's got your address. Knows where you are. He knew where to find Peter. The shores of Galilee. He knows where to find you. God bless you. Let me hand back to Pastor Jeff. tell me what to say after a message like that but, you know I couldn't help but think David that under all those scriptures that you mentioned was the fact that God was in control it wasn't like he abandoned them he didn't throw them to the devil he never let go of the hold that he had Job was still being held by God you know no matter what we go through no matter what the reason for it is Having walked through a few things myself, I've discovered the worst thing I can do is try and figure out what's God and what's not. I just trust that He's going to lead me through whatever it is. He's going to take me out the other side no matter what it looks like right now. If it's the valley of the shadow of death, He's ahead preparing a table. But thank you so much, David, for sharing that. Again, wow. Deeper, stronger is living up to the name we felt for. If you responded to Christ, if you're one of those people, and I don't know whether David just couldn't see you wherever you are, or if you're online with us, because there's a big online group as well that are part of this service. What I'd love you to do is to begin a journey with Jesus in a very real way. You can text yes, just those three letters. You know, I get this all the time. I had a dentist appointment this week. They say, if you're coming, text yes you've got to answer yes and I send back my yes so they know that I'm coming well you can send Jesus your yes and say Lord I'm coming simple as that and it's far more profound and more impacting than a dentist appointment or a hairdresser or a restaurant reservation it's Jesus who's going to lead you and walk with you you can send that to 0488 826 392 or if you're outside of Australia or you just want to get our help via email, it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you're with us on the Metro Church online platform, there's a yes button for you right there. And we would love to be praying for you. We'll do that. We would love to be supporting you, encouraging you. We'll do that. We'll send you a Bible verse and a prayer every day. Get it for 30 days. After that, believe it or not, there's a year and a half's worth of encouragement that's waiting for you all for it. So can we give those people just a big hand and say, well done. Thank you for following Jesus. Thank you for saying yes to Him. In a minute, the team are going to come back and we're going to worship again. And uh, maybe you're here, you can only be here for this service. I've asked Pastor Rain Kate if they would be available down here just to pray with anyone that needs prayer. So please don't feel like you've got to leave and miss out. Tonight again's at five with Vicky. And uh, wow.
I kind of feel like tonight though it's rocket launch. I, I have no idea what she's preaching on, but I kind of feel like it's rocket launch. So uh, who knows? That's up to God, whatever He puts on her heart. One of the other things I want to do just quickly is say this to you. In every service, we've received a love offering. Now, of course, back in the old days, pre-COVID, we'd send around the bucket and people would give into it. Well, we don't have haven't done that for years. And uh, all of you are so brilliant at either going to the app or the website or the Connect Hub or arranging it some way or other and just making sure you click on Love Offering. We give every single part to these beautiful people that have come to minister to us. I don't know about you, but I'm blessed by this morning. Uh, when he started, I'm going, oh God. But it was amazing. As was last night and as was Friday night. And I'm sure tonight will be as well. And we want to encourage you. If you are new to a church like this, you go, are they paying them? No, we're not. Are we tipping them? Definitely not. We're investing in what God is calling them to do in the future. And that's our joy. Let me pray. Father, thank you for every person again who's going to sow into a ministry that they may have heard for the first time, might never hear again. Lord, we thank you for all the places you're going to take David around the world. Lord, all the places where Vicky's going to go again, but not like as before. God, you're changing things. And in this season of enforced waiting, you've been talking to her about new strategies and about different ways. Lord, it's a different season for her and you're going to open up entirely new methods to still do even more than she ever did before. Thank you for the books she's going to write. Thank you for the stories she's going to celebrate. Father, we sow into the future of these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's sing together this song. I love this song. One of my favourite songs ever, uh, along with all the other ones that are my favourites. Don't forget the cafe's open out the air, so there's all the hot cross buns there for you. Join with us if you can. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you too. It's 
of Christ. We are alive. Hey, thank you for being here with us this morning, Easter Sunday. Pastor Bruce online, ready to pray with people there. Pastor Rain Kate here if you need prayer. Otherwise, we'd love to see you out in the cafe. Don't forget, tonight's at five. Okay, God bless you. Have an amazing Easter. Be blessed. God bless. Thank you.